Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Talkin' Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ray Mustang, and today, me and Eddie are joined by one of his old friends, Brian. This episode gets deep and existential, so, you know, get ready for that, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Talkin' Podcast. This week I am joined with my lovely co-host, Ray the Mustang. Yo. Hey buddy, how you doing? <laughs> and we're also joined by our guest, uh, Brian Segoy-Chan. And well, I, actually, I don't know your last name off the top of my head. It's David. David, okay. Brian Segoy-Chan, David. Um, he's a longtime friend of the group. Uh, I've, we've been friends, or, you know, friends for like... A good couple years now? I think at least, yeah. at least five, six now? Yeah, I think we met in like 2016, 17 time. Yeah. It was, um, it was after I was married, right? No, before. Okay, it was before. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, I attended the wedding and everything. Okay, yeah. that's I didn't remember if it was during or before. I could remember because mm-hmm. that was like so fucking long ago for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, Brian, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing. Um. Life has been... About the same as always. Keep busy. Um, if you're not busy, then there's always something more that you could be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's always said that, like, what is it? People, idle hands? What was, what's the saying again? It's like idle hands or... The devil's playground. Yeah. Uh, what's that from? That's from... That's that's a Bible thing, isn't it? I would think so. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Basically, uh, meaning like if you always stay, st- if you like, stay still in life, you're going to get stagnant and you're going to get placed and lazy and then not want to, you know, do more with it. Right. Is that what you're trying to say? Kind of thing? Um, Pretty much. But I just I feel like in in general, there's just so many different things that you have to look out for. And if you're getting used to being idle, you might be neglecting something. OK, mm. that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I like that. I like that at all. Yeah. So, um, so, well, what do you do? What what do you do for hobby? Like, that's what she asked. What do you do for hobby? There you go. Let's just start with that. Um, I actually, I I recently injured my left hand, and uh, I've I've been looking at uh, getting music back into my life. I I played the guitar in high school, and I I play video games. Yeah. Um. Not necessarily as uh, dedicated to it as I used to be, but that's mostly just because of how much I work. No, I, yeah, I get that. Absolutely. I mean, as you grow older, um, like you tell yourself in high school, stuff like that, like, oh man, I'm never going to stop playing video games or I'm going to keep watching TV shows. But like you get so busy that it's harder to put those hours into the games or, you know, you just end up buying a game and putting it on the shelf for... yeah. Not playing. Oh, I, I did that a lot when when Humble Bundle came out. Oh, <laughs> I uh, I I actually don't even know how many bundles I have. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about like bundle items. I'm talking about the bundles. I those exceed count. Um, but I don't know. I I was never really that attached to the act of gaming itself as much as I was the experience of gaming as a part of a social function, like going to a party, playing smash brothers or getting trophies or achievements. I'm a, I'm a PlayStation guy. So trophies, <laughs> I get what you mean. Yeah. You're, you're more of a social gamer than you are more of a, uh, like a, you play it like, um, reading a book solo or something like that. Right. Well, 
I I did have um a few games that I've played for the purpose of doing something completely other such as learning Japanese. I I bought uh Persona 5 uh before it was released in English partly because I had a buddy who was like I'm looking forward to this game man and I'm just like I'm just gonna, I'm I'm going to ruin this for him. I'm going to be like, "Oh dude, <laughs> you're not going to believe it." That guy Skull, he dies, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why were you supposed to? Uh, dude, I man, I, I can't tell you how terrifying. Like it, that happens so often with so much Japanese content. Yeah, like, uh, being able to learn Japanese just so you can play a game before it's released, like that. Like I think that's everyone's dream when they're growing up as like a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's top tier, man. But I'm I'm that. I'm living it in reverse. Mm-hmm. Like. My my brother recently told me, yeah, man, you like anime so much that you learned Japanese to, to be able to watch it without subtitles. I'm like, no, I learned Japanese and then I started like trying to be more accepting of anime. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just like, I'm, I get bogged down, you know, like guilt by association in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much trash. Um, and, and then like, obviously there are the great ones and try to just distill it to those and uh yeah yeah the the, the cool thing about like any content in general because like, not even only with anime where, like where there is a lot of you know there's a lot of bad anime like even right now there was what is that other the it's my i i'm my i date i used to date my ex or my ex is my stepsister is that what it's called something like that yeah, yeah. Mm. like stuff like that it's just it's fucking weird and then yeah. you get shit like fucking what was it? Uh, Dragon Ball Z. What was yeah. the movie called? Superhero. Yeah, Dragon Ball Superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was the uh, the newest one with um, what was it? Piccolo being the main. Yeah, Piccolo is basically the main character. Yeah, and the, that. the movie's kind of about Gohan. Yeah, but Piccolo's in it a lot more than Gohan is. Yeah, but, but it's yeah. good content like that that kind of spreads better awareness for anime. Whereas in like, you know, uh fuck, what would be a bad like. I'm not saying Sword Art Online is a bad anime. It has bad it, elements. It, it, it's it's yeah. but it's a bad and those are really bad elements. It's rough, at least in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's Sword Art's kind of hard to watch, and like it'll get to a point, and I have to just quit mm-hmm. and tap out, and then give it like some time, and then maybe I can come back to it just to see how ridiculous it gets. Yeah, but. Yeah, it it doesn't stop getting ridiculous. Unfortunately. Yeah, it, it keeps trumping itself. I'm like, <laughs> bro, what? He's he, his consciousness is trapped in a video game now. You know, <laughs> well, like what? He got stabbed in real life. Like, what's going on? Why is the army after him? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it all boils down to the same thing as in the first arc anyway, because the the stab in the game is the same as a stab in a real life. Mm-hmm. And then also you know, being against an army is the same as being against an army of uh, evildoers that are uh, the program characters of the game. But right. The, the idea behind it too, when you, when you like, if you objectively look at the plot line for sword Art online, why the hell is Kirito and Asuna going through this crap? They're just people that played a video game. Yeah. Got trapped in it. And now they're being like hunted down to the level of like being, um, stabbed by a what was it? A friend of the, the Death Mask people from season two, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La- laughing coffin. Yeah, or whatever those they guys. Were called. One of the laughing coffin guys stabbed him, mm-hmm. and like it's 
I, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't think that's entirely far-fetched. Um, you know, just uh, the idea of uh, bonding through struggles. No, I got it mixed up. I thought it was all done. I, my brain, uh, I forgot about the mm. laughing mask part. I thought the laughing mask part assassin guy was actually a part of the creators coming back trying to kill Kirito or whatever. Because, ah. like, isn't, like, the program in the... Uh, was the underworld one the the newest one? It's like you're losing me, man. <laughs> you're okay. losing me hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap out of Sword Art Online because he doesn't know about that. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I'm talking about like Alice Asian, the like the yeah. newest. Have you seen that one? Uh, that's what I was. Talking I don't about. remember where I fell off, but I did. Um, it was. Hmm, I, I don't know the episode where Alice was like out there talking to the people. Like the real world people, so like she she had been taken out of the game. Alice. Yeah. You tapped out after I did because I didn't even know she did that. I didn't even know either. Yeah, ah, I'm the champion. Yeah, I was at the point I've where done it. I, I found out the bad guy in the the world of that one of the world where Kirito's in. Yeah, is like an actual person's identity from a very far past that's actually real or some shit like that or um. Right? No, mm-hmm. not really. It, it 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 was all about creating a perfect AI, uh, that they could like mass produce or something. Yeah. But didn't they use like the AIs were based on a specific person, right? Like each of the AIs were when they designed the AIs, or am I thinking of a different video game or a different uh, anime? Maybe in the beginning, but they they started becoming like yeah, generated. as the generation started. Uh, yeah. Dispatching, but no, one of them stayed alive for the entire time. Like they were gods. The gods were uh, were the devs who like actually paid and paid a visit to them. Yeah, and then one of them created uh, what's her face. Sure, uh, I, I, I I don't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we got we got for a topic here with Sora Online. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, anime. Um, so you, you did it the reverse way. You went. You basically did this. You started learning Japanese and then when you're in that process of learning it you consume the culture to get better at it pretty much yeah it's um, like going to Italy learning Italy but being surrounded by it and and the the negative associations that I had with anime were as follows one uh a lot of the fan base of anime is uh kind of jarring grading yeah um, they are. and I'm I'm not gonna say who when or how but uh and then number two is that a lot of japanese people especially people who are a generation older than me don't recognize it as japanese culture as as like it's kind of tainted in a way um and then uh finally it it's just um it's it's one of many things and it's something that everybody else is doing and so there's got to be something else that I can focus on to bring something to the table um, rather than just doing the same thing everybody else is doing. And I'm not saying like, uh, oh, it's too mainstream. Uh, I'm, I'm like uh, going to go hipster mode or something. But it's it's like, sure, have some anime sometimes. But as far as like other other fronts, like, uh, for instance, Let's say live action TV or books or um, textbooks. I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that that's one of the values of of people coming together uh, and, and building something large and diverse yeah. in a way. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. I, 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 I think I understand what you're 
getting at with that specifically. Yeah. Um, and I understand, I think one of the points we're making was something like along the lines of you, you're trying to say that you weren't like a hipster, like, Oh, because it's too cool or whatever. No, no. I, it's kind of like, um, me and me and Ray have talked about this similar topic when it comes to certain things. Yeah. Uh, where it's like the hype, um, mm-hmm. like people hype up something so much and talk about it so much and recommend it so much. Yeah. You're just like, I don't really want to play it. Cause you, you like, you're hyping up my expectations yeah, and mm-hmm. it becomes this anxiety. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, and then I I do get kind of anxious with that shit because I don't think it's going to live up to what they're hyping it up to. Yeah, you know, it's like a it's it's like I don't I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah and then what if I yeah. don't like it? Are they gonna fucking be mad at me for not liking <laughs> it? You know, one of those situations. Yeah, that's a legitimate fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it can control you in that sense. So yeah, yeah, no, because it was like that with me with a uh, Demon Slayer. Since yeah. we were on the loosely on the topic of anime, yeah, but yeah, everyone loves that show, and everyone's always telling me how good it is and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I watched the first season, wasn't really impressed. Really? I was like, "This is pretty mid." The animation is nice, but story wise, this is pretty mid. Like, it's expected. You know what I mean? It's not breaking the mold or anything. And then I went and I read the manga in its entirety in like two days because it's a pretty short manga it's like 200 some odd chapters uh-huh. which really ain't nothing if you're just reading it you know and once again was not impressed okay like n- not even a little <laughs> all the way up through through to the end and i'm like you can't even say it gets good at the end because it continues to be mid at the end mm-hmm. but wow everyone like loves that show i just I, I can't get on it i'm not even like actively trying to hate on it yeah it, it's fine it has cool bits but it's just mid <laughs> yeah you'll you'll never hear any sort of recommendation for that show from me because I've, I've never seen it yeah um and and that's the same with with a lot of things um i i like um i like comedy more than anything like mm-hmm. uh i haven't watched all of it but gintama is great oh yeah I, i've heard good things about it i've only yeah. seen episodes here and there yeah you know Oh, it, I, I just love it. Like, uh, the curry ninja episode, uh, or episodes. That was one of the uh, multi episode series, mm-hmm. but those aren't that common. Uh, just the kind of stuff that you can pick up and put down. Uh, cause that, that's more my speed anyway. So more episodic mm-hmm. instead of, uh, or it's more anthology kind of stories where it's like when you go and watch like something like uh gumball or something where it's like, it's a oh, yeah. stationary episode like Simpsons. It's an episode. Gumball is my favorite. Gumball's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, like, for instance, a show that you could watch would be something like uh, Crayon Shin-Chan or uh, uh, Mr. Uh, was it Osomatsu-san? Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't watched much of Osomatsu-san, but uh, I actually watched a lot of Crayon Shin-Chan when I was uh, in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And so that was there wasn't really much to do there because the government had already began to collapse and... I don't really speak Spanish without an accent. And so I don't really feel like I'm safe there to go outside. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I was a kid anyway. That's, this was like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that would be when you're like, Oh, my bad. No, I, I, I was, it was 14 years ago. I was, uh, I was, I was 14. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. Half a life ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oof. Jeez, <laughs> that's depressing. Um, I know. Right? <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I yeah, because um, Crayon Shin Chan shows like that. They're really really good because they're 
so episodic well you can do that with it you can pick it up and drop it off whenever you want to um and good tv can do that like you know uh, people watch things like the office and do that and it's great for it and some of my favorite am- uh, anime are structured that way not necessarily just comedy wise but just episodic in general you know yeah. where there's not an overarching story but each episode is a story mm-hmm. cowboy bebop yeah. samurai shampoo stuff like that yeah have do you know space dandy um i've heard of it but i've never space dandy's hilarious if you mm. like comedy stuff it's it's pretty damn funny and it could be artsy when it wants to because mm-hmm. the people who worked on it are the guy who did cowboy bebop the guy who did Soul Eater mm-hmm. and the guy who did uh, something else. I forget the third property, but they all teamed up to do Space Dandy. Okay. So, um, and you can kind of tell the influences in each episode when you're watching it. I'm like, oh, this is a Shinichiro Watanabe episode. This is Cowboy Bebop. I see. You know? <laughs> so did they do it dirty like they did with uh, Soul Eater? Uh, just <laughs> that kind of thing? Um, yeah. Well, uh, they're redoing Soul Eater. Are they? Are they? Yeah. Didn't uh, is it is it? So I I saw no sweat no swear I saw a freaking article about it where they're either recreating the anime or they're recreating the manga, but mm-hmm. I, I swear I thought it was the anime. I can look it up real fast. But yeah, they uh they said something about like it it was coming back. They wanted to redo it because they want to follow up more with the uh, the manga. Yeah, I would hope so because the manga goes some pretty cool places. It does. Oh yeah, it does especially um, towards the end. Man, Black Star starts popping off. I know. <laughs> and his uh he he breaks like every bone in his body but he's still able to fight mm-hmm. um and he can fly at the end yeah that what man is literally built different yeah <laughs> <laughs> um look at that soul eater fans are thriving right now thanks to the surprise comeback soul eater might not be a familiar name uh if you're over to the social media where sorry i'm trying to find it real fast Oh, 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 I know what it is. It's because uh, uh, people are hyped because of what they did in uh, Fire Force. Because mm. the Fire Force ended. Yeah. Um, And they're like, booyah, here's more shit. So, right, right. Um, yeah, I forgot because they linked the two worlds. I see. Mm-hmm. Fire Force. Yeah. Fire Force is real good. Oh. Well, real, real pretty looking. Um, I didn't watch past the first like season and a half because mm-hmm. I kind of fell off of it. But that first season and a half is fine. So yeah, Fire Force. I, I, I'm assuming it keeps being good. <laughs> so if you didn't know, Fire Force is the uh, the the next project the creator of Soul Eater um, started on. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's it's got like the same kind of feel and everything to it. Like uh like you know, <clears throat> uh like his other stuff. Because, mm-hmm. for instance, it's fine. I'll just plug the intro. Because because the main character literally looks like um, what's his face from uh, Soul Eater? I forget his name. I think his name Soul. Soul is that really his name? <laughs> uh, You're talking the, about the Scythe guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's Isn't Soul. his name Soul? Yeah. Yeah. Like, look at the art style of this. His name's Soul Evans. But yeah, but yeah, it's great. Cool. It's it's all about like fire in a world where like uh the like people can you know spontaneously combust and turn into infernals. Uh huh. And so um, is uh is is the flame alchemist in here as well? <laughs> Actually, funny kind, story. Kind of, yes. Sort of. Um, Colonel Mustang. All the guy. So it, all the people use fire as their like magic ability. That's actually how they are like these superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, uh, that's Arthur. He's funny enough. He is uh 
his fire is a plasma. He can create plasma, like super high density fire, and he can make a sword. But he can only do it, and he gets like stronger over time if he fantasizes and pretends that he's um, King, King Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if he's doing like chivalrous things and looking cool and kingly and shit, mm-hmm. he starts to get stronger. <laughs> so then he has an Achilles heel if somebody can get in his head and exactly destroy his uh yeah aspirations. Mm-hmm. But, but that, the thing about it is he's so delusional mm. that it doesn't ever happen. Yeah, he, not much he, bounce, risk of that. he bounces back because that does happen a couple times mm-hmm. in the okay. anime. But yeah, he like bounces back out of it. Like, wait a minute, no, I am a king and shit. You know, <laughs> crazy. Uh, but you're talking about anime that people don't actually get the like because you you're, or don't watch because of hype or something like that because you said a, a Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. For me, it's Konosuba um, because I've uh, when I was when I was uh, mm-hmm. whenever I was watching uh, like all my you know uh, anime because uh, I, I watch a lot of isekai because that's yeah. what Konosuba is. It's an isekai, of course. Um, I just never watched it because of that literal reason. Everybody was hyping it up and it's, oh, it's super funny, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I don't really need more isekai and I get what you're talking about, but I don't really want to watch it and get my hopes shot down about it being bad. Right. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, you can see here like the fire force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really pretty show. The animation studio did really good on it. It's bones. Oh, bones did this. Is it bones or madhouse? Okay. I swear. I think it's bones. I think Bones did the uh, the Soul Eater anime as well. Mm. Did they? I, I think so. I mean, it's off the top of my head. I haven't watched it in a long time. But <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've watched Soul Eater. I mean, Information I kinda... Recall is kind of just like one of the things that I do, but... <laughs> uh, it's on the anime. Or it's, uh, it's on the server, by the way. Oh, Soul Eater? Yeah. No. Nice. Um, it's, it's done by Anaplus. Anaplus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, they did it. That's that's crazy. I thought Bones did it. I know, I know Bones is doing um Bones is doing my hero. Like mm. that's what Bones is doing. Maybe mm. that maybe that's something mm-hmm. that I was like, no, probably not. But but it's pretty as like look at that. Yeah. Even though it's all pixelated. <laughs> uh, I'm showing them a fight scene from uh from uh Fire from Fire Force. Force. It's the fight with uh, Benny Maru and the Infernal Demon uh from like I think season three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty damn cool fight because uh, Benny Maru is actually supposed to be like the strongest uh, fire user. This guy yeah. pops off. Yeah. So, so when you say Benny Maru, are you talking about uh, Benny Maru from uh, from uh, Slime? No, 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 <laughs> mean, or no, not that Benny Maru. But yeah, actually, <laughs> funny enough, this character is based on the same ideology of like folklore mm-hmm. that Benny Mar- Benny Maru is from. Gotcha. Because 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 if I'm mistaken, Benny Maru is like a mythical logical like like an oni. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he was named, he became a, uh, what was the word? It was like an ogre or something, right? Well, no, no, he was, no, he, he was a, uh, he was a shoot. I don't know either. Cause I just read the news chapter for slime too. <laughs> um, yeah, that shows, that's just crazy by the way. Yeah. the slime. Um, that one, that one also walks the line for me. I'm just like, yeah. Well, what about it? It's, it's just kind of trite. Um, but as far as like, um, there are some really good jokes in there. Like when, uh, when Veldora becomes this weeb, Mm -hmm. um, I, I I really appreciated that one. Yeah. And he starts Mm -hmm. like throwing Hadoukens and stuff later on. Yeah. It's It's great. Um, 
this is really weird to watch. Like having that video on with no sound is very weird. Yeah, it is. I um, I, I actually have no idea what that was even supposed to be. <laughs> some sort of meme video. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. But uh, anywho, what were we talking about? No one knows. <laughs> we're talking about whatever you want to talk about, right? That's what this podcast is about, man. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. Was picking up on the last subject. So, oh. have you played D and D before? I have. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Have you heard about the stuff that they've been doing right now? No. So, um, they just they have recently started talking about D and D one because they're pushing for sixth edition. Mm. But what they want to do is all all they're going to do is they're going to take what we already have in fifth edition and work upon that as a base ground so that everything that we have in fifth edition can just roll over into the new system by just changing it a bit. Okay. So one of the things they did, which was pretty, really cool is they were just released their first like character, like rule set that they want to push through with D and D one, um, to play test. It's like character creation stuff. Okay. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about because, um, if you, you, how, how much of D and D have you done? Have you like played like quite a bit or like a session here or there? A uh, session here or there. I'd say in total, uh, between DMing and playing, um, which roughly a 50 50 split i'd say mm-hmm. probably about 20 30 hours of each no oh. no that's probably pretty uh pretty low let's go 50 hours each oh okay okay that's not bad it's not bad it's pretty good that's pretty good time for sure i mean you played you've played at least a good handful of sessions for sure definitely yeah um uh, i have <clears throat> i've had all kinds of characters um Weird names usually like Stanthony the Steel Striker or Glenjamin the Glorious. <laughs> like, I I don't know. I just I just get into a a a headspace of like, how am I going to mess with people? And I just name my characters in dumb ways, and that that's pretty effective sometimes. <laughs> I mean, uh, Gavin named one of his characters, I think Steve Normal Man. Yeah. And he can only ever get normal grade weapons. Oh. So he only do normal things. That was his entire shtick. <laughs> um, well, the first time a weird name uh, happened in in one of my campaigns, I was actually pretty, I was pretty shook by it. I was like, what the heck? I, I'm pretty much like, nah, let's not go with Diamond Dick the Dwarf. <laughs> and th- th- everyone's just like... We're going with Diamond Dick the Dwarf. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, damn, I, that'd be. It was funny too, is you could actually do that. That'd be pretty funny though. Diamond Dick the Dwarf, yeah, as a bard, that'd be fucking great. You'd be the a performance bard, artist. Diamond Dick the yeah. Dwarf. That's, yeah. That sounds amazing. And his special ability is that he would get you dick downed. You know. Okay. Swing <laughs> that good old loop. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, <laughs> the the reason I was talking about D and D as of late is because I'm I'm getting back in and starting uh, to get back and do it again. I guess you say. Yeah. So um, I was going to ask you because you were talking about it before, like the taboos in anime culture stuff. Like that. Is there anything in the U.S. culture that you think is like a taboo, like, like similar to people how they thought with like D and D? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, like when when you look at Pokemon, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, all these uh, television pastors that came out against it in like the uh, '90s and early 2000s, talking about these kids are summoning monsters and and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> um, 
It it's uh definitely not limited to just that. Even just rock and roll music, right? That yeah. that was uh what the seventies. That was uh maybe even earlier the sixties. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, you're spot on like the seventies because that's um funny enough that's actually uh, a plot point in Stranger Things. And then and then you have before that jazz. So I mean, like anytime you have people doing things that are aggressive and people don't understand the norm yeah mm-hmm. uh you're gonna you're gonna be dealing with that uh D is no exception uh magic the gathering i think it's a big waste of money if you're spending money on the cards i, I don't agree with that point but the game itself is pretty cool if you just like print out whatever cards you want and play with your buddies mm-hmm. uh, but buying the cards i don't agree with so like but how would you so I actually had the argument with uh, I forgot who it was about the D and D books mm-hmm. because they they thought the price of it was like egregious because because it, it's sixty bucks for the rule book for players handbook it's like fifty bucks something like that and um that's a lot of, that's a lot of money for just one book mm-hmm. but I was telling them I was like no 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 the idea behind it is that one book gives you all these options so you're paying for like basically. In infinite uses of this book. This book is, you know, infinite use. You're buying a game. Yeah. You're buying a board game in that sense with it. You're going to yeah. get as many uses out of it. Um, something with, uh, like, I forgot the original point there. Holy crap. My- About uh, over-expenditure? Or what? I was trying to make the point about uh, when you... Wow, I forgot the entire point I was making to you. I'm, I'm, I'm stumped there. I actually do not know why I lost that train of thought. <clears throat> well, um, if I may interject in in the meantime, uh, I would say that the book being $60 is justifiable from the standpoint that it has a lot of illustrations that are professionally done, mm-hmm. a lot of colored ink, and it's not exactly a short book. Yeah. It, it, it's worth that much in materials and uh, and creative processes. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. No, and I, I 100% agree that, like, oh, no, the price tag for the books, like, is I, I'll, I'll keep spending money on that. Or remember now. Um, <clears throat> so what I was trying to equate it to is the magic, the gathering. So mm-hmm. if you, because you, you're not you're not against the idea of buying, or you're against the idea of buying cards. So, like, how would you invest in magic to be able to keep up to date with all these cards they're adding and all the high-end illustrations? Like, how would you support them like we would do with D&D? Like, what would you... You I'm, know what I mean? I'm not against supporting these companies. I'm against throwing your life away, uh, piling on debt, buying hundreds of thousands of cards, uh, or anything resembling that kind of uh, overspending. Like, putting yourself into dire straits or out on a limb, spending money you don't have. Consumerism in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I get what you mean. Um, yeah, cause it, cause personally, I don't, I don't know if I've ever met anybody that's done something like that. Who's like, you know, spent an absorbent amount of money and like put themselves in danger of financial ruin from buying. I'm sure it's happened card. a couple times, but, um, uh, not to anybody I've known, but right. I, and I've worked in a card shop. Mm-hmm. So that's just, the, that's, I, I've never heard of that, but I would love this. I would actually love to, to see something like that too. It is not. For them to have to do it, of but course. To, to see a stu- case study on it, you know, mm-hmm. because overspenditure is a normal um, problem here in America. Unfortunately, people yeah. spending beyond their lifestyles, and and it's it's the it's the air we breathe. You know, we don't even really notice that we're spending fifty dollars on something that we're never gonna see. Mm-hmm. You know, right. uh, but it happens. You know, like 
or just the idea of being the product, right? It's it's kind of scummy, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's where we're at, and, and it's it's for that reason that you know I, I I like to think about um how to streamline things in life to where you have a little bit of uh you have a little bit of a your own zone. Um, like what do you, what do you mean? Like your own zone? Like just getting off of social media for a while and, uh, doing something that you like without like the opportunity to be sold ads on things or, um, that kind of thing. Just, you know, like say for instance, having a hobby, like, uh, getting into art or music or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just creating a, a little bubble. Some it, it sounds really mundane because that's what it is. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's nothing super special. It's just getting out of the, the vortex. Okay. I, I think I know you are you talking about like the, the vortex of, of like the, of the constant manipulation from uh, from the social media stuff like that and like the ads from from the from, from the giants from from the 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 horde of of people that are vying for your attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because the moment you open your phone, you're and everything and anything is trying to pose a question to you. You turn your phone on, you see seven hundred notifications. Where like you know one of them is a text message from a friend, mm-hmm. or it could be an advertisement from your uh, mobile game saying, "Hey, come back in. Your stamina is refilled. Let's play a game." Or yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Twitter saying this just in blah, blah, you know, stuff like that. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. And every single one of those, they're going to make a couple pennies when you, when you click on it and mm-hmm. they want you to click on as many of those as possible. It's yep. your job. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that they want, they want you to do because it's how they make their money when it comes down to it. Um, like at a core value, that's how they get their money for it. It's a shitty manipulative tactic they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like not much, like there's a shit, but there's not much we can do about it. Well, I, I, to that end, you know, like I, I think about things that you can do and I'm, I'm not to the end of thinking about it by any stretch, but, um, for instance, like if, if we think about how it is that we manipulate our own emotions, we can learn how other people might manipulate us. Um, and I I believe I mentioned this uh, in in passing, but like there are, there are many different kinds of emotional manipulation, um, and these are the kinds of things that we do to ourselves to get through the day a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Like for instance, just thinking, you know what? I'm just going to focus on something else, uh, or uh, channeling something from a past experience so that you can kind of cope with something present um and and i i I kind of in a way i like to think about this in terms of uh of fantasy magic Uh, there are many different archetypes right um so like the wizard somebody who uses uh just intellectual like cantrips spells incantations to create effects um that aren't done by like actual like brute force or legwork so like a warding spell uh 
figuring out a way to make it so that something doesn't damage you, even though it should. Mm. Um, or like conjuring something like, oh, I'm just going to call on the spirit of anger or something like, you know how the, you, some people, they can just flip a switch and feel a thing mm-hmm. like just become mad for no actual reason other than they want to. Um, and I know because that's something that I learned how to do when I was in high school theater class. Um, you know, like their, their whole deal in the acting industry is to learn how to call on real things to make the fake seem believable. Yeah. Invoke emotions to create, uh, that scene. I, yeah. I get you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, then you have, I think you have almost every class. If you're, if you're thinking about it from D and D, um, like you have, um, the, the ranger ranger spells, um, trying to mask things, your intent, uh, your position, um, all with the, with the goal to inflict physical damage to people's emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, something we unfortunately see a lot of these days, you know? Um, I mean, I mean, nowadays currently, um, people, I mean, I mean, today's climate is pretty different when it comes down to how it is, you know, versus, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. uh, When it comes down to human nature, um, and emotional like stuff, we, we, I feel like nowadays people understand their emotions, more or understand what's going on more like there's something a problem than in the past you know like how many times when you were a kid when you're growing up that you were taught to like you know hold those emotions back or hold your feelings back without mm-hmm. saying anything like oh you're you know you're a kid you know you're man up or something like that right sure um at the same time it, it could go from like nothing being visible to a well a where's waldo type of picture trying to figure out what's even going on uh with all these different data points Mm -hmm. that you have to juggle um but as far as like the struggles of the past being different from the struggles of the present i i don't know about that um there's no way to know about that Mm -hmm. um I don't think either of us is old enough to really. No, no, we're not. Um, we're 20, 29. Yeah, no. But beyond that, I, I, I feel like a lot of the villains of, let's say, the play of human nature have just changed costumes. You know, I, I, I easy mean, yeah. But yeah, um, let's uh, let us switch the topic a little bit. Sure, we'll change the mood up a little bit here. Um, have you seen any movies as of late? Uh, outside of what we just watched last night. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Okay. <laughs> so you haven't even gone to theater at all recently at all? Um, I haven't been to a movie theater since, uh, they announced the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I was just like, okay, Detective Pikachu, Sonic the Hedgehog, this is getting out of hand. I'm going to take five years off. And, uh... It hasn't been five years yet. I, 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 I'm no longer holding myself to that decision. Mm-hmm. It's just there hasn't really been anything that I've wanted to see. Okay. Well, um, 
as of late, they released a couple of good movies because we did a we we went and saw Nope, uh-huh. Bullet Train, and then there's a couple of new movies coming out soon like The Invitation and um, Shoot. There was a couple other ones too. I forgot. But they're, they're like right now during the summer. That's when they re- really start releasing some pretty good or juicy kind of movies. Because mm-hmm. we got a uh, we got that um what was it bullet uh, bullet train which was really really good. It gave kind of like this air of um like Quentin Tarantino vibes, but not at all. <laughs> like it, it was really weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's smoking aces vibes. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Smoking aces vibes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt did a great job in it. Uh, but but yeah. Yeah, I, I, sorry. I wanted to bring the topic off of uh, more metaphysical and go into like, or you know, like the emotions stuff like that, and we'll bring yeah. it over to, like movies and no problem stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was super. Uh, superhero was cool. Um, not like super duper important events wise. You know, it was pretty mute on that point. But uh, it's very funny. It's very charming. In a way that only Dragon Ball can be, you know? Um, the only unfortunate bits is that Dragon Ball's kind of at the point right now where everyone needs this wild-ass transformation and stuff, you know? And it's just beginning to get a little much, you know? Because <laughs> everybody needs to be super powerful. Yeah, and it's it's kind of less about the fights meaning anything, whether it, it right now it's just who has the bigger power level. You know, mm. my power level isn't big enough. Here's I'm going to pull this transformation out of my ass. And now my power level's bigger and I've won the fight. Like it doesn't mean anything, you know. So it's kind of like a, uh, a a kid's game between like a bunch of uh, five, ten year olds. Just I'm yeah. going to change the rules and now I win. Yeah, it's like, oh, nope, that attack didn't work on me because uh, I'm invincible now. You know? <laughs> well, I'm double invincible and I have a crayon. Yeah, basically. And it's just kind of them arguing back and forth. And I'm like, hmm. all right, this is getting a little boring. And the plot is also getting a little boring. In Superhero, the plot's fine. Because Goku and Vegeta aren't involved, so there's no win button. Okay. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of stakes. Is there, is there? A, a, t- a tiny bit of stakes. I never, for a moment, felt like anyone was going to get hurt mm-hmm. that whole movie. But that's just kind of Dragon Ball in general now. I never expect anything to happen to anyone. You know? Wait, because they die, they can just bring them back with the Dragon Balls. And not even just the Dragon Balls. Whis can bring them back now like half of the cast is starting to be able to heal. Like <laughs> there's the Senzu beans. Oh there there are just so many different ways to bring people back <laughs> now. <laughs> that is reminding me of that time where, uh, there was a, uh, issue with the manga where they made it. So Goku gave his Senzu bean to an enemy. Like, yeah. Cause Goku does that all the time apparently, but it's just like, why stop giving enemy Senzu beans? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they, <sighs> they they just like because Goku's whole ideology is basically I want to be the strongest person. Oh wait, you're stronger than me? Nope, not anymore. I'm gonna train and get to that point where I'm gonna just be stronger than you. That's uh that's Goku's thing. He's he's the aspiration of overcoming, um, your odds. Yeah. Whereas in Superman is the odds, <laughs> <laughs> or is the over? It's already overcome all the odds because he's infinite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like that when it comes to comic books and and uh anime where they start doing like you know they start using the characters to tally deeper story for them mm-hmm. you know um what do you mean by that 
for instance, if you watch the movie Akira, I mean, I, I'll probably spoil, I'll probably butcher this hella bad. Um, if you ever watched the, the, the movie Akira, the movie entirely has a huge message behind it in each, like the character itself. Like, um, who's the main character? Not, not Akira, but the guy, the, no, Akira is, no, Akira is the freaking space. Akira is an entity. Yeah. Um, what was because because the whole because the whole movie the whole movie of the, Akira the, isn't it about like an allegory for the the nuke something like that yeah yeah and like each character represents different, like a different fighting emotion or point within the story okay yeah so they have allegorical roles that's, yeah that's cool yeah 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 <laughs> that's what I said yeah that's what said. yeah that's what I meant yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um. Conversely, um, I sometimes like a uh, a storyline where somebody has to uh, strive to achieve things mm-hmm. despite being tragically underpowered. And a lot of the time, the remedy for this is, oh, we'll just raise his power level and then uh, and then we're off to the races later on. But like in, for instance, World Trigger, that doesn't ever happen. No, yeah, they're always weak. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a uh, that 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 kid, Mikumo. Mm-hmm. Always, always weak, mm-hmm. but he, he just keeps on uh, becoming a better commander, um, a more creative thinker, and hopefully sometimes he gets a win or two. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I remember reading that for the first time a long time ago where I no jokingly like stuck with that thing so hard that I, I finished up until I think it was like the third time he got abducted or something or was it the second time abducted. Yeah. Not not um, the, not the glasses. The guy with the glasses, his yeah. friend. Oh, the one that is overpowered. Hmm. He got abducted. Yeah, in World Trigger, right? Yeah, yeah, World Trigger. Um, so you have uh, are you talking about Kugayuma? Uh, the the white haired kid. Yeah. He got abducted. Yeah, there was a, uh when they were like coming down to fight them on the planet. They were all like fighting to try to keep him from being, or try they're trying to abduct something. And what ended up happening was uh, they like failed, but the guy, the kid with glasses, like failed his attack or whatever, knocked out, and they took him. Um, am I remembering it wrong? I think you might be crossing your wires a little bit. Um, oh, I might be. I don't know. I've never watched World Trigger, so I can't. <laughs> I can't have any input. Um. The storyline is more along the lines of, uh, in the beginning, um, the white haired kid is just trying to figure out how to go to school without like accidentally letting it out that he's an alien. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the glasses kid is just helping him do that. And then they get into uh, a team together. Um, and meanwhile, Aliens are invading Earth, trying to take people and resources. Uh, but they never, they never take, uh, they never take Kuga. I thought they took him, like, because the because the alien race that was uh, after him, mm-hmm. they were like coming down to take him. Uh no. Maybe it's the anime that's different or something. I don't know. I, I swear to God, I swear, I swear I remember watching this scene and having that happen, but I can't figure out uh, what it is because there's no, like, Wikipedia fully for it or something. Um, 
there's definitely a fandom page. Yeah. Um, yeah, he ends up, uh, he joins uh, a border team and they uh, they fight off a, a major invasion. Yeah, that's the one. They don't they don't take him. They're Just, trying to take uh, they're trying to take the uh, the underclassman girl. That's it. Cause Amatori. It, that's that's what it is. That's what I thought. But I thought that, that what happened was instead of taking her, they took someone else. Oh, they took a lot of people. No, like in that initial moment, like they swapped it out so they didn't yeah. Save her. He uh he grabbed one of the uh, the debris chunks uh of of Trion and and swapped it out. Um, remnants from when he used an OP attack. Okay, see, I I, I don't remember. Yeah. So, so he I, he basically did a football swap, mm. dropped her off in the rubble someplace, and then uh, got himself uh, shish kebabbed. That's uh, what it was. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. I knew it was a sad thing that happened, and just forgot. I did. I missed. I missed. Uh, remember that, Ray? I'm sorry. Uh, I've never watched the show. <laughs> you don't um, have to apologize to me. It, it's uh, it's it's Toei. Uh, so the regular budgeting things. Uh, the mm. the first ten episodes are the most. Um, let's say uh, underwhelming. Uh, mm-hmm. the the pacing just like someone will be talking and then. You'll have the next line and then yeah, etc. Oh, I see. I see. Every 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 dollar saved is is very visible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least it's nothing like the uh, the Seven Deadly Sins season two or three or whatever they oh, did. Oh Lord, yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> that was really rough. The studio that did a uh, Seven Deadly Sins season three, they did like they dropped the quality of their anime. Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, when uh, Meliodas like says it, he's like, he's it, it, it looks and, like a meme. Yeah, like, <laughs> like someone doodled over it. I see, but it's so bad. It's so bad, so bad. Mm. Damn shame, because that show was halfway decent mm-hmm. until it started hitting that point. But yeah. yeah, the show. I mean, because the fights inside of it are pretty cool too. But yeah, we ended up talking about anime. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of that, so um. But yeah, Brian. Yeah, you. Uh, we became friends a long time ago through my my uh, my ex wife. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because you were going because she was getting a degree in Japanese language. Uh. You guys were in Japanese club, right? Uh. Yeah. And and class. Uh, although she was uh, ahead of me, I I think. Uh. In in Japanese class. Mm. Um. Japanese club was was quite a bizarre thing. Um. I didn't want to rise in the ranks, but. There, there was no way for the club to continue on unless I allowed myself to be voluntold to uh, be the vice president because nobody wanted to do the, the leadership. And then when nobody wanted to be the president and the president left, uh, well, I was stuck with that. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was not a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, my ex-wife was she was the treasurer. She was she was helping you guys, right? Yeah, uh, she, uh, I think she left and that's one of the people that we lost leading to the severe staffing shortage. Ah, okay, okay. It was basically just me, the president, and then the vice president, and then a bunch of nominal figureheads who, uh, who were supposed to be doing the rest, but I was actually doing it. And, and, you know, taking 17 credits that semester and working a full-time job. Um, Why didn't you leave? Uh, did, didn't did uh, feel like that the made? perfectionist thing? <laughs> mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yep, 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 yep. I get what you mean. Yeah, 
But yeah, I mean that it, it's so weird too. Like, cause um, uh, that that far back, like thinking about that time, it's like a night and day. Like, yeah, thinking about where we were again, twenty sixteen ish time. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Sugoi-chan thing. Yeah, Sugoi-chan, Yeah. Uh. The nobody really says that anymore. But uh, that that came from uh that came from Ruby. Yeah. Because Ruby made nicknames, or Ruby and the the horse. Uh yeah. Uh well, Uma. Yeah. Uh, her name is uh last name is Horseman. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, and they they made they were like making nicknames <laughs> or whatever for all you guys. Yeah, I'm not gonna like uh, dox people on. No, you're fine. Yeah. Um. Uh. It it, it made me uh well because I haven't said yeah but uh um. It made me remember because whenever people join our friend group, it, yeah. they always keep their nicknames whenever they get introduced. Hmm. That's why whenever you come over, I'm like, oh, hey, look, it's Brian. They go, who? And like, oh, it's Sigoichan. I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. The the whole thing there is um, I got that nickname because I could ride a unicycle, juggle, play guitar, and uh, several other skills that I've showcased at a decently proficient level so it's that min maxing thing that i do yeah. uh, if uh if if you're not busy there's something that you could be doing uh well yeah that that's the end result mm. <laughs> <laughs> you have a bunch of low level uh tasks and uh, low level skills that uh that you're okay at mm-hmm. i mean it's um as i as i was telling uh, ray about it in the past or a little bit ago um that saying that everybody says, like, you know, um, what is it? A jack of trades. Uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Yeah. Did you know that that saying is only half finished? Sounds about right. Yeah. So the saying is actually, uh, what was it? The jack of, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but he is the, uh, what was it? The craftsman of many? I forget what it was. Oh, jack of all trades, quote. Oh, uh, here it is. It, the full phrase is, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Hmm. It's actually a quote from William Shakespeare. No kidding. Yeah. Well, it's the oftentimes thing. Um, and that's one of the things I like about, um, about old school quotes. People were very careful about what they wrote because maybe it was just they didn't have enough paper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good thought, yeah. Uh, like, right. you, you don't see never very often or always. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 very um, it, uh, like, it's, it's very, thoughtful of, uh, of limitations. Yeah, it's very open. Mm. Whereas in, like, nowadays, like, uh, conversational stuff, we use, like, never, no, yes, like, very, like, very direct and very affirms yeah. with no arians or errants or whatever that word is for that. Yeah. Yeah. Just binary choices. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's, it's okay, I guess. It gets the job done, but it's, it's better to be more precise because seriously, if you have, uh, like a genius specialist who's going to advance the general field of knowledge in one direction. And then all the jacks of all trades can, can pick up and, uh, and, and stand on his shoulders. Right. Mm -hmm. Then can we, can we say that like the jacks of all trades are any, any better than that genius specialist? No, I, I would think it would be the the point of it is would be more of uh, like 
the jack of all trades would be someone that could be able to service everything, like an mm-hmm. overgeneral all. And then whereas in the specialists yeah. are the ones that are the experts in their field, the mm-hmm. people that are the masters of one. Yeah. You know, like it'll be like, oh, if I need to call a TV repair guy, oh, there's us. Like I, I can fix my TV. Like I can fix, I can order the parts and fix my TV there. Mm-hmm. But if I need to fix a very specific part on there, I would call a specialist. Of course. Like with doctors, you would go to a general practitioner for everything. And then you would go to a specialist for like an optometrist or, you know, dermatologist and for specialized fields. Mm-hmm. So I think like, I understand that the, the thing about it is, is like it's trying to, we don't want to minimize the effort of the master of one right. by saying that the, or the minimize the effort of the check all trades instead of allowing them to understand that they're just as good as someone as a master of one, I should say. Well, in my opinion, the ability to master or not even master to become proficient at uh, multiple things. Um, you, you end up developing a talent for learning or a talent for, um, for being able to look at new information that someone who's just entrenched in one thing over a long period of time might miss or forget about. Yeah, I, actually. Yeah. That, I like that. Yeah. That, that, that makes more sense. Cause it, it, the ideology behind it is that their mind is more open to change your decisions than it is where someone's focused on it. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, my bias is, uh, as a, as a multilingual person, um, you know, learning one language and, uh, and being proficient in it, you, you just, you, you take it for granted mm-hmm. and I still take English for granted, you know, like I've known English all my life. Um, there have been times when someone asks me a question about English grammar and I'll just be beside myself. I, I have never even thought of this and I'll laugh at myself. And then next thing you know, I, I'm, I'm being told, Hey, why are you laughing at me? I'm like, I'm, I'm not. And then it's just an awkward situation. But, um, every language I've learned has become easier than, than the previous. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I feel like there's a meta skill, uh, like the skill of learning skills that applies in the same way as the uh, skill of learning languages. Yeah, I, I can see that because uh, how how I would view it or how I would view it myself, like personally, like my opinion for it would be something akin to like um, learning the entry level skill. And then from there, you're now going to be able to learn every other branch of specialization quicker mm-hmm. because you've already learned the base. It's like learning the basics and then going down the line. Like, for instance, in fighting games, learning the basic combos and basic uh, like movements then opens you up to be able to be specialized in, you know. Uh, air combos or ground game or counters or response stuff like that where you know th- that's my my whole thing about it is is like that that branching point you know mm-hmm. uh that's how i feel when well it does like for the rubik's cube mm-hmm. so um i have this weird innate ability where like you said i have i'm a really quick learner if you give me something give me instructions and tell me how to do it i will probably be able to fix or do it within a matter of time mm-hmm so I learned how to do a Rubik's Cube in two hours. Yeah. It was given to me. I sat down uh, in my car and I sat down like, okay, done. Fixed it. Two hours. From that point, I've been progressively getting better by opening up and starting out different uh, methods of like turning, buying different cubes and doing it. I'm slowly getting better, but not as fast as I did the first time. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, oh, I'm just really good at getting into it, but not being able to master it as quick. Um. Well, I mean, you notice the difference from uh, one to zero, sorry, zero to one 
much more than uh, the difference between six and seven. And then, you know, moving on to uh, 100 and 101, it, it, it's much harder to spot. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean, yeah. So you would see more change in the larger growths than it would be in the smaller, tinier growths. Possibly. I, I mean, it's nothing's absolute here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's there's so much to learn and everything is different. Um, and, and, you know, it, there's a lot of... Uh, there's there's something to be said for aspects of learning, right? Uh, the the first aspect is probably different, and you've learned everything that there is to learn of the aspect of like, say, lining up one face. Possibly, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a Rubik's master myself, um, but there's got to be something that you have fully dispensed with learning because. It's, it's completely sorted. Um, and then you're no longer learning that kind of thing anymore. And you're only learning in a much reduced, specialized set of ways as opposed to everything. So uh, I'll be honest with you. When it comes down to Rubik's Cube solving, the the point the point or the the algorithm you're supposed to solve is it's supposed to be a like step-by-step thing Mm -hmm. that you find clues when you're looking at the cube that will send you in that right direction from the get-go yeah so you get so good that you understand your algorithm that you look at the the cube instantly know what where it's at and then just go and be able to just move the cube in one spot without having to do anything and know exactly where you're going Hmm. that's that's how fast cubers can get gotcha it's freaking nuts and that's the part i can't get is that spatial awareness that they can get about the entire cube movement in it. I, I, I have a hard time with grasping of the 3D shape yeah. that I'm adjusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, that spatial awareness is what stops me from doing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, And so, basically, that's learning essentially uh, an ability like within your mind and that's going to be a lot harder than learning information. Yeah. Um, but there, there's, as I said, a, a lot of different things that you can learn and you know, they, they don't really scale at even rates. Yeah. I get, I get what you mean. I, I, I hundred percent get what you mean. Like, uh, learning how to cook an egg versus how to build the Apple tower. Sure. <laughs> you know, although I'm sure that maybe somebody who would be able to build the Eiffel tower would still, Managed to fail to cook an egg, uh, depending yeah. on who. Uh, and Einstein probably uh, couldn't uh, make the make his favorite cup of coffee, right? Maybe. Um, that. I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> nothing's a real surprise. Um, but other than that, um, I, I I wanted to say thank you mm-hmm. for joining us uh, on this week's episode of the podcast. Um, we're actually on. We're on the way out of here for that. So. Um, Thank you for coming on, Brian. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. Um, next time uh, we'll do this again because whenever you're in town again, we can always record these. I'm always down to record these sessions. They're always fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Ray. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me do my little outro. Guys, don't forget, you guys can follow us over at the Talking Podcast. Uh, that is any that is T-A-L-K hyphen N. If I'm just breaking no, that's a hyphen. It's, it's apostrophe. I'm stuff stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> Not yeah, to be confused okay, with an ast- apostrophe. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, talking podcast, you can do it on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Twitch. And also, at the same time this episode is coming out, we'll be live that night at 7 p.m. at twitch.tv slash the talking podcast. Catches while we're playing the game. Well, don't know what we're going to be playing that night, but uh, it might just be uh, Ray getting mad at me for button mashing and kicking my ass at Tekken. Uh, <laughs> or it may be, I don't know, some single player game with Ray and uh, someone else. But, but yeah. We'll see what's up. Yeah, I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Later. Laters. <laughs> Sorry, I have this little bit in the beginning of the episode where I'll uh, do the clap sync and then not say anything and then wait for one of us to crack. Yeah. That's my, my little bit. So I was I trying to get you to crack. So I was, trying, I was like, you fucking not cracking. So I'll go for the freaking <laughs> fuck. Damn it. I was kind of confused. I was like. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. It's confusing. Like, what the fuck's going on? Why is that not saying it? It's like awkward. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So I will kick the episode off. Let's go.